0: Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. The best run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run to the game changers, you are in the right place. Let's see what the buzz on the street. Is today or the buzz on the World Wide Web? The Big Street. Here we go. I have a quote from Coca Sexton, who was a guest on one of our Game Changers shows a couple of years ago. He's a global industry principal, social selling. Hootsuite, you look him up. S e x t o n, Coca k o k a. And here is what he has to say: Just as salespeople are moving into the future, the buyers are already ahead of us. So think about this. And I mentioned in what Coca does. I mentioned social selling. That's going to be what we're talking about today. So let's look at what's happening in your company, wherever you are. Your staff may be excited if you offer them training and enablement in social selling. Wow, look at me. I got trained. This is great. I'm learning all these best practices. I can do my job better if I'm in sales. I can meet and exceed my quota. I can be where the buyers are. I can form relationships if they're in marketing. I can work hand in hand, hopefully with sales. But, 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 Training day is over. They go back to their day-to-day jobs. Will they actually put the lessons into practice? Will they do it right? And will they form the same habits they form in their day-to-day lives where they're already online doing social media but not social selling? Well, the gauges of social selling success for your company should reflect how well and how consistently your staff execute the lessons in the real business world, that means where you are doing business, as well. Is, how are you monitoring them? Are you paying attention? Are you coaching them? Are you getting back to them and saying, hey, this was great, Mary and Bob, we need you to do this or that. Are you paying attention to them, okay? So stay with us for the next hour. We have three panelists who are experts. They're going to share best practices to help you do a couple of things. Number one, encourage the adoption of social selling in your organization. There may still be some laggards or naysayers. Nah, we don't need to be on LinkedIn. We don't need to be on Facebook. We don't need to use this and that. Well, Maybe you need to pay attention to them, maybe not so much. Also to maintain the momentum of the team that's already doing this and to monitor their execution. A lot to get our arms around. And because it's such a vital topic to every company, every size around the world, we have invited back three experts who appeared with me in January on our series called Changing the Game with Social Selling. So I'm doing a shout out to Kirsten Boyleau at SAP for introducing me to these three very smart gentlemen. Let me tell you who they are briefly, and then we will start with their opening quotes. First up in a moment, I'm welcoming back with great pleasure Mick Adam, founder of Vanguard Leadership. He'll tell us what his company does. Joining him on the panel, also welcoming back Loic Simon, if you want to spell it L-O-I-C Simon, S-I-M-O-N, but I'm doing it with a French accent today. He's the founder of Hashtag Social Selling Forum and Partner Win, and we'll find out what he does. And rounding out the panel is one of my colleagues at SAP, Marco Kai C-A-I, if you want to look him up, one of the founders of the Social Selling Program at SAP. Woo-hoo! So our top is social selling, post-training momentum, strategies, and best practices, part two. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Mick Adams has sent me a quote from Bob Berg. Mick, I didn't know who he was. He was born in 1958. I call that a very young fellow. He's a motivational speaker, consultant, and author. He has shared the platform with legends, including Wells, Zig Ziglar, Larry King. I've never seen them mm-hmm. put together in the same sentence. Uh, Mark Victor Hansen, Willard Scott, and Paul Harvey. And his books include Endless Referral. Network your everyday contacts into sales, and winning without intimidation, how to master the art of positive persuasion. Here's the quote Mick has selected. All things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. From Bob Berg. Mick Adam, how have you been? I've been wonderful over the last few weeks. Thank you for asking. Oh, I'm very pleased to have you back. I love the quote from Bob Berg. Did you know that he was in the same echelon with Zig Ziglar and, and the other uh, luminaries I mentioned? I was surprised to see, see, uh, let's Indeed. see people like uh, Larry King and Paul Harvey in the same sentence. So tell me a little bit about Bob Berg and why you picked this quote.
2: Well, I think Bob Burke basically was able to translate what we all know, do, and and act every day and bring that together in this wonderful quote, which even in this day and age of digital holds still true. It's, we do business with people, we are social beings, so we we seek out other people to to help us, to support us, to be with all the time. So this quote basically brings back the essentials of being a human, and and we go back to the people that we know. Uh, once we know those people, we try and build up relationships, which then comes back to the whole social selling point: is that we need to have uh, build up those relationships with our clients, so they got to start liking us. We got to be sharing information and all of that stuff, and then finally. It's all about trusting each other, leveraging each other and being able to depend on each each other. And I think Bob really summarized what I call human-to-human relationships Mm -hmm. in both the old uh, sales systems that we had as well as the new digital sales systems which we call or we happen to call today social selling. And whatever you do, those three things will keep coming back every day in every salesperson's life. And whether you do it through the digital or social, or or in real life, it ends up being so applicable. And that's, it's kind of become one of my uh, light motifs in my life. Is that, you know, you gotta know people, you start, you know, investigating them, understanding what they're doing, and finally there's trust growing. And trust leads to referrals, and referrals Mm -hmm. leads to business. What else can I ask for?
1: beautifully put mick and what's interesting is i remember back in the day uh, many well a couple of decades ago i was working for a software company based on long island in new york where i was located and we were debating with the ceo it's a small company and i was a mark i was all marketing department basically we were debating whether to do uh advertising in a it was a some kind of enterprise-focused magazine, B2B. And the CEO and the VP were sitting down and saying, well, it's a lot of money. Should we do it? Should we do it once? And I said, no, we shouldn't do it once, because then how will you be top of mind when people say, oh, we need enterprise strength software to do X, Y, Z. They saw you once in the ad and they forgot all about you. Maybe they threw out the hard copy magazine. And they said, well, why do we have to do it more than once? And I said, because they have to know you. So back in the day when advertising was really mostly in print, Mick, the question was, how do they know you? How do they like you? How do they trust you? Well, you have to be in front of them all the time. Now with social selling, you're doing it for free we don't even talk about that you're doing it for free and you can be in front of people the question is the right people not overwhelming them not stalking exactly. them not spamming, spamming them and getting them to trust you but to me the key in this mick is not the word trust it's to know you why would they do business with you am i right on target with that yeah, you're, you're right. But I think they're all three at the same level. They've got to know you.
2: They, they've got to like you. Uh, and, and they've got to trust you. They all, you know,
1: one doesn't Go together. exist without the other. Okay, that's fair enough. That is absolutely fair enough. Now, I'm I'm getting my notes here from my engineer, and he's telling me that we lost Loic. Le uh, let's see. If we, oh, we got it back. Wonderful. Yes, Monsieur, yes I'm here. M- Hi. Monsieur Simon, you have joined us again. I'm delighted. I'm just up to your quote, so let me read a little bit about your quote. Loic Simon, and thank you, Mick. That was great. I, I really appreciated the introduction, and you're always welcome to, uh, to challenge me on some of my POVs here. That's mm. what we're all here for, so thank you. Right. Now, Loic Simon has sent us a a quote from Michael Jordan. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, I didn't know he had a middle name, born in 1963. He's an even younger person than I said Bob Berg was. He's known by his initials MJ. Everybody's young to me. He's known by his initials MJ, American retired professional basketball player, businessman, and principal owner and chairman of the Charlotte Hornets of the NBA National Basketball Association. He played 15 seasons in the NBA for the Chicago Bulls and the Washington Wizards, and his biography says by acclamation Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time well I'm glad he claimed that on his on his bio it's probably true so here is the quote this is a I want to say it's an adorable quote Loic and it's really cute but it has a lot of meaning which you're going to share with us quote it's not about the shoes it's about what you do in them Loic Simon welcome back and tell me how did you pick this quote Yeah, because, you know, social selling is
3: not about the tools you use, about LinkedIn, and even about uh, learning what and how to do it. It's it's just about doing it, really, and training yourself again and again and again, and exercising yourself uh, like Michael Jordan did in his his old career. This is very important, I think. It's just to practice and to do it. Just do it.
1: Just do it. So so let's go back a little bit to my opening about just do it. And I was mentioning that you need to monitor, you need to coach, you need to measure. You need to figure out how well the training sank in when you trained your people and if they're doing it right. And i just love to get you to talk for a second the week, and we'll, we'll go around the table on this a little later. People come to the to the social selling mantra in a company with their own habits. They have been online, if they're millennial or anybody older, they've probably been online for several years. They have their own style on Facebook. They have their own style on LinkedIn. They have their own style talking to friends socially. So how hard is it to train them to wear the shoes and do the right thing for your company? Is there a barrier there, a culture barrier? No, I think there is no cultural
3: barrier with the salespeople themselves, for example, if we want to train salespeople. It's just a question of adopting their point of view, adopting their language, adopting what matters for them, the why for them. And the why for sales guy is always, I want to develop my business and I want to develop my, my personal credibility, my professional credibility, my personal branding. You know? So if we go for, to them with this kind of approach, which is, I, I put myself in your shoes, mm-hmm. then it's okay. If, on the contrary, we, we adopt a, a marketing lingo or whatever kind of, uh, of marketing language, for example. They won't listen. They they won't they won't do anything. They will just think that's another thing for marketing, whatever you know. For example,
1: uh, that's very interesting. I I appreciate that. You know, and the, the parallel to that, louis is that we we talk we've been talking for years about the fact that. When people go to work, they want the same technology, they want the same tools, they want the same ease of use in their job function that they have with technology in their personal life, right? They want tools, they want apps, they want dashboards, they want everything that reflects how easy it is to quote-unquote buy a garage door opener on Amazon. They want that in their job as well as customers want that in their interactions with the company. So we'll leave that one alone, but I think there was a a nice parallel. week. Thank you so much. A lot more to hear from you and now let's bring in our third panelist Marco Kai one of the founders of the social selling program at SAP and Marco has taken a quote we've heard this one recently but not that recently a quote from Albert Einstein come on everybody by now you know he's on like we mentioned oh him about <laughs> twice a twice a month on our 15 series 1879 to 1955 German born theoretical physicist who developed the theory of relativity one of the two pillars of modern physics And he's known as having the most famous equation in the world, E equals mc squared. That's the mass energy equivalence formula. And he won a 1921 Nobel Prize in physics. So there. Here's the quote. Everybody listen up. This is a a fun one. It's kind of a sporty quote, almost to go with Louis' quote from Michael Jordan, believe it or not, quote, life is like riding a bicycle to keep your balance. You must keep moving. Marco Kai. Welcome back. How are you?
4: I'm doing great. Thank you.
1: Thanks for joining us. Rumor has it, well, we're going to find out in a minute where you are. Don't say yet, but I know you're somewhere all the way around the world from us, and we really appreciate your joining. So, Marco, talk to me about this quote. We're riding bicycles now, or are we doing social selling training?
4: Hmm. Wow! Well, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, first of all, Einstein I, I, I has been my uh, all life, all lifetime um, inspiration. Like, if you think about that, I. Um, his his story, like how he challenges the theory um, from uh, uh, Newton uh, Isaac Newton, and uh, cha- change totally changed the view how we see the cosmos and see everything around us and find the truth about the universe. And uh, but I think the the key thing is that he uh, he is never afraid of a, um, change. Uh, He's never. Uh, Be uh, you know scared about about the making the changes and making people to think about the new things. Uh, So uh, it's very interesting because uh, now uh, I'm traveling to India, actually New Delhi, and uh, I I see a lot of uh, happening in here. Uh, Like you can see, there's a lot of cars and bicycles and uh, motorcycles in the in in the streets. And uh, of course, uh, sometimes uh, my actually I'm traveling with my mom. I bring my mom here, and my mom my Mm -hmm. mom was sometimes was was scared. Scared. I was like, oh, will will people get hurt? And uh, um, but I, I said no. Actually, this. Exactly, um, meaning that India is undergoing a, a huge change because you can see a lot of energy going on, on the streets. And uh, if, what do you do? It's your choice. If you want to go along with the change or you are. You want to say, oh, oh I, I don't want to be part of this. I, I don't want to be a part of this development. I, I would just stay at my home, and I, I, I don't want uh, here to do anything with this change. So it, it's really like a, um, your choice. It's, it's the same like for social selling, that when we talk to people about social selling, uh, it's very from people to people. Some people will immediately say, "Oh, this is so valuable," and some people say, uh, "I don't, I don't, I don't think so." Or some people will be skeptical uh, if this is really something that help will help them uh, in the changing environment of a, of a digital. Overall, that uh, I'm sure that everyone is knowing that their customer behavior is changing, and their customer uh, how how the customer buys uh, by solutions, by products is changing. Um, but uh, you know, some people just get get scared, and some people just go some, some but some people were imbra- impressing so I think what uh, the inspiration that Amber Ab- Einstein gave us is that um, if you truly want to keep in pace with, the, uh, with the, how the world is rolling to you just, it's just like riding a bicycle it's, uh, you have no choice mm-hmm. especially as a salesperson if your customer is changing if your customers are changing their behaviors if the um, environment for how you sell is changing then you have no choice you have to riding your bicycle and keep the balance and, uh, and embrace the change and be successful um in the future so uh, that's what that's how i pick, pick up this quote
1: Thank you, Marco. And as I'm looking at your quote and listening to you explain it, it goes perfectly with the quote I opened the show with from Coca Sexton. Just as salespeople are moving into the future, the buyers are already ahead of us, meaning they're pedaling faster, right? Their their bikes are ahead of us a block or two or a mile or two. Very interesting. We had a lot of sporty quotes here. Thank you, gentlemen. Now I'm going to go around the table and find out where you all are are in the world, because you're all calling, we're calling you somewhere, not where I am in the U.S., and I'd love to know where you are, and you know the deal. I want to know either what are you drinking right now while you're live on the air with me here on Coffee Break with Game Changers, or I want to know what is the drink that makes you smile the most in the whole wide world. So go ahead, Mick, Adam, where are you, and what drinkest thou? Well, I'm in the historic city of Bruges in Belgium.
2: And um, what am I currently drinking? Well, uh, I'm drinking a vanilla, chocolate, and banana milkshake. Ooh. It gives me energy. It gives me. Uh, it, it's it's healthy. Well, the chocolate might not be as healthy as I think it is, but for me, it chocolate is. is one of my. Well, <laughs> for
1: me, chocolate is one of the vegetables. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Thank you. You just saved my life. You saved my diet. Okay, I like you even more now. Go
2: ahead. (laughs) Uh, uh, So, yeah, so it's a homemade vanilla chocolate and banana milkshake, which I kind of love uh, at the end of the day before the evening ritual of walking the dogs will actually start.
1: Oh, listen! I have to ask you: How could it be vanilla and chocolate at the same time? Because I make a a banana milkshake every morning, and I'll tell you in a few minutes what I what I put in it. But I want to know: How can it be vanilla and chocolate at the same time?
2: Well, you take vanilla ice cream. You put in.
1: (laughs) Okay. You put it and you put in chocolate sauce. Okay. All right. That's what I used to do until I tried to lose weight. And now the ice cream is sitting for two months in the freezer and I'm not allowed to touch it. So I put in ice cubes in mine instead of the ice cream. Oh, thank you very much. I know. Thank you. Well, never mind. Uh, I'm uh, Never mind. I'm not going to get personal. Thank you, Mick, very, very much. And Marco. Now, Marco, Luik, you're next, my dear. Luik, where are you today and what do you love to drink?
3: You know what? I'm at home in Paris right now, and I am drinking excellent tap water. You know, tap water, sometimes, <laughs> it's really one of the best <laughs> in the world. And by the way, it doesn't make you obese because it's not like a juice where you have five, 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 uh, um, sugar. Grams of sugar, you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent tap water. I don't drink anymore at that time, which is almost a 520 in France. Uh, PM, yeah? I don't uh, drink any more coffee now because otherwise I won't sleep tonight. But, there you uh, go. Regular tap water, what I prefer.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I've never heard anybody say excellent, but you know where I used to come from in New York, I'm not in New York anymore, I'm in Durham, North Carolina, but we used to, parts of Long Island used to brag about the quality of the water and they would say that where I lived on in the particular uh, town in Long Island, they said we needed filtered water, we needed a bit of filter, we needed bottled water, but about two miles to the West, in the borough of Queens, they bragged that their water was so good right from the tap, New York City water, that everybody wanted to drink it. And in fact, you know what the deciding factor is why New York bagels are the best in the world is because of the New York water. Because you boil the bagel dough in water, you drop it in water, and then you bake it. So nobody in the country here has New York water. But there apparently is a man who left New York to go start a bagel store in Florida years ago and he imports New York water so there so I appreciate that you said excellent water Louis I'm, I'm a friend of yours That's thank you very much Mar- Marco I don't know how you're going to follow these two but give it a try Marco go ahead where are you yeah sure so as, as
4: I mentioned I'm in New Delhi India and I'm, I hope I can take a picture and show you guys. Uh, I'm now drinking something locally called Faluda, uh, uh, which is um, uh, quite famous, uh, prevalent, um, uh, quite popular in Delhi and some other region, uh, areas in India. Uh, it's favored with in, uh, ingredients like such as milk and jelly cubes and ice cream. Oh, yeah, ice cream. And uh, actually it can mix with different um, syrups. Uh, I actually did tonight I already try mixed with rose mixed mix with the strawberry and uh, now I'm drinking something um, another cup mixed with uh, blueberry so yeah talking about sports t- tomorrow I'm going to do a lot of uh, a lot of exercise to kill the curry, but uh, maybe that's a, that's a change <laughs> I have the empress, and uh, so that's really, really good uh, drink if you come to India next time like, definitely try that
1: well, I have to tell you, I looked it up, and I think you said Faluda, F-A-L-O-O-D-A, and the question here on Got this it. website, food.ndtv.com, says, the story of Faluda, a drink or a dessert? The Faluda is a dessert disguised as a drink. So much for Uh-oh. no <laughs> calories, Loik. Wouldn't you agree? But many assert that Faluda, as we know it today, came trundling with the Iranis when they sailed to India. Certainly, Faluda oh. is... Delhi is Ooh, not as famous for Faluda, but at Gianni's, the Kesar and Rabdi Faludas do brisk business. So very, very interesting. I'm trying to get the website to open up here. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let me finish here. Uh, when it comes to Faluda, though, the whole is always greater than the sum of its parts. Sweet, refreshing, smooth, cool, crunchy, velvety. Wow. It engages the palate on many levels simultaneously and is the perfect antidote to a summer day. It be- began its life as a decadent decadent concoction in the royal courts of Mughal Emperor Jenggajir. And I won't read any more after that, but this is very, very interesting. So thank you, Marco. That was very interesting. So you know me. They don't let me anywhere near caffeine. Uh, I think uh, Louis was saying no coffee. Yeah, it's uh, 11 o'clock in the morning here in, in Durham on the east coast of the U.S., and I'm still not allowed to have caffeine on radio show days. So I have my usual oh. cool, clear mug with a cool, clear Water from the Breda filter and I have a green straw because I'm here in Durham and the weather changes so rapidly. Four weeks ago, three weeks ago, we had eight inches of snow, which when I shoveled, it became 14 on the shovel when I pushed it across my double wide driveway. And then 48 hours later, it melted. So the joke was on me. I didn't have to shovel. Then we had 72 degree weather the week after. Then we had 30 degree weather. Then we had a nor'easter with 60 mile an hour winds. And now it's going between rain in the morning, It's getting sort of sunny. I'm not sure what it's going to do when it rained last night, and in New York, it's going to snow viciously in the Northeast, a little northern from me, so I don't know what's going on, but I have to tell uh, Mick, I make my morning milkshake before I go on the radio, and it's ice cubes. I'm not allowed ice cream anymore. I impose that rule on me. It's agave syrup. I don't use even sugar anymore. I use agave syrup, and I use some unsweetened cocoa. I use Hershey's right out of the, the powdered cocoa, right out of the box and no sugar in that and then I use a combination of either 2% or 1% milk and then I use something called Fair Life milk and Fair Life is a brand of milk distributed in the US by the Coca-Cola company I just realized that it has reduced fat it, and it has fat for your whole milk and it has a super filtration process and it's um, lactose free I, I don't have a problem with lactose but it's lower calorie milk so I mix half Fair Life and half and I use 8 ounces Ounces of liquid, then I add a half or a whole banana depending on the size of the banana, the agave, the ice cubes, and I blend it. So that's my chocolate banana milkshake. How's that? You like that? That's fun. That sounds cool. It really is. And the ice cubes make it cool too. So there. So we're having a good conversation here. We are, we're having a good conversation. And you know something? I think we discovered some things on the web here while we're talking that anybody who was doing selling could use to find out what your customers and prospects love to drink. And send them some information. Maybe they'd love to know about a chocolate, vanilla, banana milkshake, or maybe they'd love to know about a Faluda, right, Marco? So be where they are and post information mm-hmm. that they will see you as somebody they want to know and like and trust. And that goes back to the opening right. quote from Mick. Am I right, Mick? That was the Bob yes, Berg quote. Yes, they me. do business with people they know. We, we just solved the whole problem here. We're talking today about social selling post-training momentum. You've trained your people. They got it or they didn't. We hope they did. What in the world did they do with all that training afterwards? Are you going to mentor them, monitor them, measure them? Oh, I just came up with three M's. How about that? Mentor, monitor, and measure. Are you going to pay attention to them? They have to be able to, to basically uphold and promote your brand. Right, They have to be where people are, they can't stalk, they can't spam, and they have to be doing what your company needs them to do while still being human beings with their own cultural flavor. So that's a lot to do. We're going to come right back after a 90-second break, and we're going to figure out how the best practices are going to inform our listeners around the world. My very special panelists today are Mick Adam, founder of Vanguard Leadership. When we come back, we'll find out about your company. Loic Simon. Most of us say Simon. I say Simon because I'm practicing my French. Founder of Social Selling Forum with a hashtag in front of it and partner win And Marco Kai at SAP. I'm Bonnie Degram, if you haven't guessed, and I plan to be right after the break. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. I promise we'll be back. Aaron out. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up?
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers.
1: Exactly. Here we are. We're going to find out what our three panelists do. And we're going to start with our first panelist, Mick Adam, founder of Vanguard Leadership, Mick, why don't you give us a 90-second overview of what Vanguard does and what you do there, please?
2: Well, Vanguard Leadership basically does three things. One, we started out as a company that wrote social media policies, which is basically how do employees uh, behave themselves as part of a uh, company, Uh, what are the the rules they have to follow and stuff like that, what are some of the guidelines. The second part of what we do is we do obviously uh, quite a bit of training uh, around social media, around social selling, about how to get your employees on social media as your ambassadors. And mm-hmm. finally, uh, we are helping companies to implement social selling programs and employee advocacy programs, which means that we once the training is over, we come back to your 3 M uh, that we just mentioned, uh, which is basically we measure, we monitor uh, what people are doing, and we maintain the momentum uh, of what people are doing so that they start conversations with uh, their employees and for to that end, we do sometimes help companies come up with content or places where they can find content they can use in their social selling efforts uh, and content distribution.
1: Thank you very much. Okay, nice to hear again what you do. And now let's go to Louis Simon. Louis, what do you do? What does your company do? Yeah. Partner win? Go ahead. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a social selling
3: evangelist because I really believe that social selling is one of the best catalysts of what, what of, of sales transformation, which is absolutely needed in this uh, world of hyper-connected customers because these customers, not only are they hyper-connected, but they really need more and more right, uh, the right kind of salespeople, the right kind of guidance, the right kind of help. We, we must love them and help them progress in, in their job. That's why, that's why I founded the social selling forum where we will meet for, for example with Mick on the first time on the, on the 19th of April in Brussels mm. where we were those uh, forums and I will be in, in Lisbon uh, a few days before and I was in Algeria also in Algeria and in, in all the cities in France to really help people understand the why and how of social selling and then from time to time I'm, I also help some companies start and deploy social selling in their sales teams especially because uh, I have a a sales background, a very heavy sales background, uh, f- more than 30 years with IBM and other stuff like that. So I'm a digital native of the 80s, you know, and uh, <laughs> I, I really love uh, helping people understand the why and the how of social selling for their own salespeople and for the sales directors and so on and so on. Yeah, okay. I've-
1: I've never heard a digital native from the 80s. I didn't know that well, such welcome a to thing. The box, so am I. <laughs> Me too. Me too. But but how are we defining digital from the 80s? We didn't have cell phones back then. I don't remember when the internet was really started. I remember, uh, I remember in 1994 getting my first AOL account, but I remember being a programmer on a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 doing COBOL uh, and key punching back in the late 1970s. So, when did we become digital natives, Louis? Yeah, in France, well, you had a thing which was called the Minitel
3: in, in the 80s. Yeah. And before, I was with, with IBM as a young sales rep, you know, doing, doing hunting, prospect hunting, this kind of thing. This is, how, this is the jargon we used at that time. Yeah. Some still use this kind of jargon, which is not very uh, nice for customers. And I was using computers and I was using a, yeah. a text, uh, text processing, stuff like that. Which are mm-hmm. already uh, uh, digital, you know. It was not uh, internet. It mm-hmm. was not what we got later. But it was
1: digital. You're pity,
3: right. It's a pity that salespeople people yeah. do not use these new this new facilities we have now. These new tools we have now, like uh, social networks, like LinkedIn and so mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you very I, much. I, I, and Mark? I, I, fu- I fully
2: agree with, 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 with Loic on this. I mean, we had computers in that age. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, we were doing different things, but it was still the digital age. Y-
1: you know what? You're absolutely right. And I remember when I started, I actually, after I got my bachelor's degree, I went to what I call graduate school, which is a community college in the state of Oregon, and got two associate's degrees in computer programming and computer oh. operations. So I was, digit- if, if you consider a, a Punch Machine Digital, but eventually we got an, an editor where I could actually keystroke in the information to the program, and it was a lot easier of course, but I remember one of the first computer rooms I worked in at the college, it wasn't that big but I had to stand on a step stool to put the disc pack into the disc drive, because I'm only 5 feet 1, even in heel, heels, 5 foot 4, and we had to stand on a stool. Then when I went to work for a, a company called Otis, Oregon Total Information Systems, Where I did programming for the secondary schools, the high schools throughout the state of Oregon, I remember working on IBM 4341. In that place, the computer room was like a warehouse. Big machines, big. Boxes with blinking lights, and the tiles in the floor—they had to pull up. Remember with the with the magnetic lifters, and I remember my high heels and walking across that floor. And here we go, clink, 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 clink. Anyway, and enough good memories. So, yes, yes, I think we all. Uh, I think Marco might be a little too young for this. Marco, what? Tell me about how did you? Tell me a little bit about how did you? It says you're one of the founders of Social Selling Program. How did that happen? I know you work with Kirsten Boyle. What did that happen like f- for you?
4: Wow, um, this is really a part that I love to talk about uh, because in the past four or five years of work, we run the program at SAP. It's really um, very interesting, a uh, learning curve path um, that um, we actually would discover that the uh, for you to. Uh, because when talking about social selling, it's actually uh, at the end of the day, it's a it, it, it's a behavior change, right? It's, a, it's mm-hmm. a, because the customer behavior is changing. As I just mentioned, that so as a salesperson, your behavior needs needs to change as well. Um, no matter that if you like make a course in the in before, you like to send uh, write letters <laughs> like in old school, but now you have to digital. You have to uh, embrace social selling. But we found out that uh, um, okay, tonight is really a a night of quotes. So uh, I I think there is a famous saying that uh, the city of Rome um, is not built in uh, uh, over one night. So so you cannot expect the salespeople to join one training. Sometimes it's one hour or two hours, and uh, ideally that we requ- we require that the, um, the full training uh, is, is for a whole day. But uh, in, for many times that uh, it's a little bit luxury because think about the how, how salespeople are very busy. Uh, so you can, anyway, but you cannot expect expect the salespeople to just join one one time at your training and start changing their behavior. So what we discover that you need to. Uh, truly um, make that happen. That, that there are multiple things. The first thing is that, that of course, you need to convince that really um, put the faith in the uh, change the ch- change the perception of the, the people that you train that uh, make them fully believe that social is something that was so so important, so critical for their success in the future. Um, mm-hmm. if, if they're not impressed in this. Change then they are literally pushing their customer to their uh, computer or something like that. So uh, first thing they need to change it so, uh, themselves. I think as a trainer, we find that so it's also always must be the ability to have a, a regular follow up. For example, normally we will have a, a follow up call in the first first week after training, and then um, the uh, three weeks, or then extending to every month. So we we have the regular calls uh, with the uh, trainer checking how how you're doing. Uh, and make sure that every action we want them to take has been taken properly. Uh, so it's also uh, the trainers must the third thing that we we, all, we found that it's also very important as salesperson. Uh, well, uh, you, you, I know that Bonnie said uh, we're not going to talk about politica, political but the uh, uh, the reality is that the, in many of the large corporations, that uh, the salespeople, if they have some push from the management level, the, uh, it's, it's really helpful. So uh, we will make sure that uh, their management, for example, sales director, or, or sometimes we always uh, talk directly to, to the general manager of uh, our, our marketing units and, and get them on board with social selling. And after training, we will ask the g- uh, general manager or some uh, sales director or team, uh, team director to uh, send the an email and, uh, and uh, keep help us to uh, make sure the momentum is going on. Uh, and uh, the, so the last thing is that uh, also we, we, we provide some fun. We run some gamification. We run we run contests um, mm. with some little in, incentive. It it's doesn't it doesn't have to have, have to be be a really big like boat or something. And it can be just like Apple Watch or, or a GoPro. And for hey. uh, for sometimes we we run that to the, just just only one I watch, for example, for uh, North America region or India region, but people just, that, that's just fun, and the people say, oh, uh, maybe France is doing really great, so we need to catch up, and, uh, and the UK is catching up. Sometimes sometimes they just make it fun, and make it people that feel they belong to a community of social selling. so they can see how other people are uh, doing, they can learn about the best practice they want to, to change, uh, what they learned from social selling. So these are something that we found really important, that uh, uh, make sure you, if you're going to run this program and you, you want to make sure really make it such a, a behavior change in your company, then make sure that you have, a, a, you have, you have to think about how you follow up, how, what the follow-up actually looks like after the training.
1: Thank you very much. Very interesting. I, I was going to go to a topic from Mick's list, but Mick and or Luik, do you have any comments to make on what Marco shared about how he puts training together in post-follow-up? Mick? Well, I I think there's a lot of truth that, I mean, when you look at training uh, in general, um,
2: training is most of the time like something like a uh, Band-Aid or used as a Band-Aid and it's not... It, you know, it sticks for a while, but after a while, it just goes away. Unless you actually change the whole behavior of your of the people and how they are using what they have learned and putting it into practice, that is what actually makes social selling stick. And not just you know, let's do a training and, and, and hope the band-aid sticks. It, it's it's about how do you get it to make sure that your your salespeople are are actually following it up, integrating it into a daily routine so that they don't have to think anymore what they are, what they are going to, to do and why they're going to do it. They're just doing it because they know it leads to results. And, and in that, you know, you create the habits and the training, but the mm-hmm. act- habits only get implemented after uh, they leave the training and, and making sure, again, it's the monitoring and maintaining of it that becomes an important bit of the whole story, whereby that, you know, it's, it's what you do afterwards and not what you do in the training.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. Very, very well done. Uh, Luik, anything you'd like to add to this?
3: Oh, yeah, I just want to say, and we discussed this already last time, is that for me, for training to be really effective at the end, it means that social selling needs to be embedded and ingrained into the sales processes, the cadence, uh, and everything which is related to the sa- uh, sales people's management. And, uh, and of course, uh, it must become a real routine which is bedded. In the way you, you work as a, as a salesperson, be it in SAP, in IBM, or in smaller companies. Yeah? So that's, for me, what is most important, this embedding in the sales processes. And, in the, and, and of course, in full alignment with the, with the customers' buying journeys, which is most important.
1: I can hear everybody nodding in agreement around the table. I appreciate that. I want to get to to some specifics. We have a few minutes left. Obviously, we're having a very interesting and very lively conversation here and not following the usual format, but hey, everybody is so smart, so so engaged in this that I think we've we've touched on a lot of things. But Mick Adam, I'm looking at your notes here and let's just bring something up that I think is a mis a myth, a misnomer in a lot of social selling. You say you told me before the show, social selling is not Equal to using LinkedIn, it is an approach consisting of tools and techniques. Mick, why don't you emphasize this point for our listeners, and then we'll go around the table, please. Well,
2: well, I think when I talking from my experience, a lot of the times when, when people think social selling, they think about the term LinkedIn. Which obviously LinkedIn has coined and, and has used it to its benefit uh, as it should sometimes, but it, it, it's much more than just you know using a tool called LinkedIn. Social selling is all about getting to know people it's all about showing up on the radar exchanging information and to me one of the most important things about social selling it's about having conversations or leading to -to face-to-face conversations with your actual clients and and in that case linkedin is only a tool but there are many other tools because one of the first lessons that i've learned when i was a, a young salesperson is that the sales trainer at that time mentioned to me whenever you walk into a decision makers' room, the first thing you do is you look around the room and see if you see anything that you can start a conversation around mm-hmm. without talking about your business. So, you're what you're calling in English building rapport with your counterpart. Well, guess what? The best place to find out is today is on Facebook, whereby if you look at somebody's Potential buyer uh, Facebook, you might find some clues that in your next conversation that yes. you might actually use. Maybe if you are on Twitter and you monitor conversation about certain topics, one of your buyers might show up. So all these elements are just tools to actually get you in front of the client, the person, and have a face to face conversation. And that's where the ultimate. Yeah, what I would call social selling effort is actually leading to, because it leads to, at the end of the day, let's not kid ourselves, it's all about sales. And sales is yeah. done between human beings most of the time. So you have to, and I come back to my quote, you have to know these people, and they have to know you, they have to like you, so you have to make sure you're likable, mm-hmm. and you have to start building trust. And that's not always what you do. You do part of that on LinkedIn, it's a tool to get there, but it's not the replacement to or the the one solution that fits all needs as let's do a LinkedIn training and then we know how to social sell. It doesn't work like that. It just doesn't.
1: Great piece of advice. And and we talked yesterday. Uh, yesterday was a social selling show on a, on a slightly different topic. And I opened the show, Mick, by saying um, the oldest profession in the world is not what you may think. It's sales. And if you think about it, that really is true in many levels if you think it was something else. And we don't we need to go any jokes about that. But I really appreciate what you said about LinkedIn and the techniques and the tools. And, and you mentioned find something that... You you can relate to somebody, and I think I mentioned earlier find that drink faluda suggests something. Find a place where they are. Where do they go? What do they like? And start a conversation. Now, I was taught many years ago in networking to always find a way to let somebody know you're paying attention to them face to face. So, if I see a man, I want to meet a man in a business business or social setting. I might say to him, "What a terrific tie you're wearing!" Or, "I love the colors mm-hmm. in your tie." Or, "Really, Mickey Mouse on the tie with with uh, Betty Boop?" That where did you find that one so you find something to start the conversation not just what you want to talk about but what you think will get their attention let me go around the table and let me get luik and then marco to chime in on this in the time we have just a couple minutes till we do predictions so luik what do you think about starting that social conversation and the role of linkedin go ahead luik
3: You know, for me, for me, as you know, social selling is about loving your customers and helping them progress in their objectives, answering their key questions. their are very important questions. And, and social networks are, are today one of the best tools to, to spread this love to the customers and to help them progress by delivering video, by delivering uh, posts and articles and comments and so on. And by, and by doing this, with the only objective of helping them progress before the buying uh, cycle, during their, bu- their buying journey, after their buying mm-hmm. journey, mm-hmm. just helping them. And what I, I feel is that today, I can do social selling even when I run a social selling forum, which is uh, an in-the-flesh event, or when I phone mm-hmm. a customer, or when I meet him. So social is just, what the reason why we use social selling as, 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 a, as a sentence is because we want people to also do social and not only stick to, to email and, and, and phone and events and so on, because there is a lack of leveraging. Uh, of of these uh, social networks, including, of course, LinkedIn, Snapchat, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, whatever. In most most complex sales environments, LinkedIn is still a very interesting uh, way to convey this lot to the customers and to interact with them. And by the way, the reason I do social selling is because I want to be referred, I want to be mentioned, I want to be tagged Mm -hmm. by people who think that I can help other people. And these weak links will bring me business. And I also want to uh, enter into business conversations by just helping people. So for me, it's not a question of tools. It's the art of loving your customers also leveraging social networks the
1: art so, so of loving your customers join
2: in. yes you, please you, you want to be known you want to be liked and you want to be trusted
1: yeah there you go there's it's the art the art of loving I'm tweeting this loving your customers okay with an be exclamation trusted. point and yeah, being and trusted.
3: Be trusted trust is a very important issue today and so yep. you want to be a resource for you want to be a resource for your customers. You don't want to be seen as a as a, as a sales pusher or whatever. You know, of course, right. you want to be seen as a consultative uh, something. You want to guide them to help them. That's it. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right, because they know how to do the journey on their own. They have all the tools they need, but you've got to come into that process somewhere. You have to insert yourself in a gentle way as a helper, a guide, a maybe a friend, as somebody who cares about them and their success, not just somebody pushing a sale. Marco, you want to chime in? Yep, go ahead. Who did Marco. I hear? Marco, talk, talk to me. Hi, yeah. Ah.
4: <laughs> uh, I just want to say that uh, I cannot agree with uh, more with me and uh, Adam that uh, social selling is all about trust social, social selling is not only about uh, linking sales navigator or whatever I want to um, but in the meantime I want to say that uh, actually I never say that social, see social setting a mysterious like uh, a, a thing that just happened because the uh, uh, you know, as a salesperson, you just go uh, where your customer are and uh, use what your customer are using. For example, in China, that a lot of salespeople, a lot of design makers that use WeChat. So that's that's where you mm-hmm. should go. Uh, besides, linking, uh, um, right? For example, in yes. Russia, uh, linking is blocked. So uh, actually, yeah. you know mm-hmm. how how Russia people are doing social selling for? They're actually doing social selling on Facebook. So oh,
1: I think the key is
4: that, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you never know interesting, that, right? <laughs> that, gentlemen. I, it's nerd Gentlemen, I I have to tell you,
1: we've got three minutes left till the end of the show, and I want to give you each a chance to wrap up. I usually do the predictions, crystal ball, but I'll give you each 30 seconds to tell me what we should be thinking about. Let's say between now and 2020, what will change? 45 seconds maximum each. No platforming. We really need to hear all three of you. Mick, Adam, crystal ball. What's going to change about social selling? Will it be called the Mick, Adam technique in the next year and a half? I don't know. Talk to me. Mick, go. Well, I think
2: social selling will, the term in itself will disappear in the next few years. And it will just become sales. It will just become part of your daily routine. It's not going to be focused around the social media part of it. It will just be like email, like phone calls, like whatever it is. It will be integrated and the term will disappear in the next few years. That's my prediction.
1: Thank you very much. That's a good... That's a solid one. That's a solid prediction. We've heard that before, and I like that being reinforced. Monsieur Loic Simon, comment ça va? 2020, what do you see coming down the pike? Go ahead. I think in in the very short term, in two
3: years from now, authenticity and emotion will prevail. Uh, p- people who will show authenticity through videos through posts, to whatever and 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 interact with emotion with with prospects with customers with partners and so on they will get they will get distressed effect much more than those who, who employ growth hacking techniques and other other manipulation techniques in order to get in front of customers and to and to help them uh, in Mostly fulfil your quota and not their objectives. So I think uh, uh, this this uh, video, by the way, which is more and more important today mm-hmm. on, on social networks, uh, will force people to be more knowledgeable, more uh, passionate, more uh, more to, to train better, like Mac- Michael Jordan. Yeah, in order that to be even in improvising good. When they improvise, they should also be good, and this will we will be where people will see their authenticity. Okay. Th-
1: thank you very much. You got to be authentic on video for sure, Marco Kai. I saved oh 30 seconds for you. Real fast. Go ahead, Marco. <laughs>
4: Sure. Uh, as I said, I think I believe that social selling is going to evolve and uh, in multiple ways. That uh, first is that more and more platform is were emerging and more technology. Actually, we think about giving a new name. We think that social selling uh, probably no longer can, uh, you know, say all about uh, what you should do about this, uh, selling in the future. We have, think about something like social selling 2.0 or digital selling or something modern selling. Uh, in the meantime, I think that how how people are buying uh, will continue to change. So uh, as a should should always keep on watch, especially with the rise of millennials and uh, um, how they interact with people, so that will be impact how we do selling in the future, in the near uh, few, uh, few years, uh, um, you know, dramatically.
1: Thank you, Marco. No, what we're a we're pleasure right. it's been. Yeah. What a pleasure it's been speaking with Mick Adam at Vanguard Leadership, Louis Simon at Partner Wind, etc., etc. Marco Kai at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for a very fascinating, and I'm going to use the word somebody just use authentic discussion around the table. Thank you. I hope we'll be able to speak again soon. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have a new episode Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern right here on the Business Channel on World World Talk Radio. It's going to be our one of our newer series, Business Model Disruption with Game Changers. You want to hear it. Very, very fascinating conversation. Shout out to Aaron, our engineer extraordinaire at the World Talk Radio Business Channel and everybody else. And here's my call to action Fasten your seatbelt. Maybe we'll be able to tweet and do LinkedIn from our seatbelt one of these days with voice commands. Who knows? Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Just like Mick Adam, just like Loic Simon. I love saying your name. And Marco Kai. Signing off for right now, be a game changer today. That's the bottom line. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign R A D I O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.